0: new proof emerges of the biden family emails a definitive account of the cia media big tech fraud wow and it's very well outlined glenn greenwald did it on his Substack. we talked to glenn in 60 seconds Uh, Let me tell you about Relief Factor. Uh, The couple who takes Relief Factor together stays out of pain together. I think that's how the saying goes. Let me tell you about Karen and her husband, Joe. She's been taking Relief Factor for a while now. She's been dealing with some very bad uh, teeth uh, that eventually had to be removed. uh, And she's been doing a bang up job of helping her her body manage the inflammation. In fact, relief factor has helped her so well managing the pain. She decided to give some to her her, uh, husband, Joe, who has three herniated discs in his back. Joe said he's starting to feel better now, too. They're getting their lives back. Relief factor, not a drug. But it was developed by doctors, and about 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. You can order the three-week quick start now for only nineteen ninety-five. So you really don't have anything to lose except your pain, and you get your life back. It's relieffactor.com. Call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It's relieffactor.com. Glenn Greenwald should be joining us any minute. Let me just read some of this report. A severe escalation of the war on a free Internet and free discourse has taken place over the last 12 months. Numerous examples of brute and dangerous censorship have emerged. The destruction by big tech monopolies of parlor, at the behest of Democratic politicians at the time. That it was the most downloaded app in the country, the banning of the sitting president from social media, the increasingly explicit threats from elected officials in the majority party of legal and regulatory reprisals in the event that tech platforms do not censor more in accordance with their demands. But the most severe episode of all was the joint campaign in the weeks before the 2020 election by the CIA. Big Tech, the liberal wing of the corporate media and the Democratic Party to censor and suppress a series of major reports about the then presidential frontrunner Joe Biden. October 14th and then on October 15th, 2020, the New York Post, the nation's oldest newspaper, published two news reports on Joe Biden's activities in Ukraine and China that raised serious questions. Glenn Green- Greenwald is here to tell us all about the conclusion. Uh, Glenn, how are you?
1: Hey, Glenn. Great to talk to you again.
0: Good. Uh, oh, you're probably you are. You sound like you're in some foreign, distant land. Are you back down in Brazil? Or are you someplace else? Yeah, I'm in Brazil. I'm in okay. Brazil. Um, okay. Hopefully, the connection will be good. Yeah, it's it's fine. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Th- this is a story that uh, won't go away. Uh, but it doesn't seem to ever gain any legs on the corporate media. Tell me about the the campaign that happened between the CIA. Well, so, Go ahead.
1: Yeah, so when the New York Post first reported the story, as somebody who has worked many times on large archives of documents and had to stake my reputation and my career, on verifying that they were genuine before reporting them, something I did when I reported on Edward Snowden's archive about the NSA and with WikiLeaks many times and also a big story in Brazil when I got a large archive. It was obvious to me that the evidence was overwhelming that these documents were authentic. It had every indicia of authenticity that was reported by Fox News, the New York Post, the Daily Caller, and others. But the rest of the media, the corporate media, ignored that evidence, and tried to lead everybody to believe that the documents were forged, that they were fake. And the biggest gift they got was when the CIA, a bunch of former CIA officials like John Breton and
2: mm-hmm. James
1: Clapper, issued a letter saying that they believed that the archive was Russian disinformation, which has two claims to it. One is it came from Russia, but the second, it's disinformation, meaning the documents are fake, and therefore you shouldn't pay attention to them. And in that letter Glenn the CIA operatives admitted they had no evidence that it came from Russia or that the documents were fake. They just said it's kind of just our sense that this is the case.
0: It's a, so let, me, the me, let me let me let oh, me wow. read it exactly. We emphasize yeah. that we do yeah. not know if the emails provided by the New York Post or President Trump's personal attorney Rudy Giuliani are genuine or not and that we do not have evidence of Russian involvement just that our experience makes us deeply suspicious that the Russian government played a significant role in this case. Wow. That's just your gut, then.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And what's amazing is even they who are, you know, basically trained disinformation agents, thats what the CIA and the intelligence community is constructed to do, they're not supposed to do it domestically, as they did during the Trump years, but they do or they're expected to do it internationally, they're trained liars. Even they were more honest than what the corporate media ended up using that letter for, which was to say, these intelligence officials say definitively that this is Russian disinformation. Correct. And they, you know, you can go through every video from CNN and MSNBC and NBC News and CBS News and the Washington Post, and New York Times, where they just say over and over, this is Russian disinformation. And they use that as an excuse not even to discuss the revelations. But the worst thing of all is that Twitter and Facebook then seized on that claim to censor, censor this story from being discussed. So if you tried to post a link to the New York Post reporting or other media outlets discussing it, you would get a message saying, this link is prohibited. It was one of the most astounding acts of brute censorship by this union of the of the intelligence community, the corporate media and big tech right before our election that I've ever seen.
0: So. So, Glenn, where does this story go from here? Because these these emails are coming out. We're getting more and more. They are verified and it shows it's not a story about Hunter Biden. It is a story about Joe Biden being corrupt to his eyeballs In things like uh, trying to uh, uh, sell access to him to be able to get Libyan money uh, released, uh, access to the Oval Office uh, and to Joe Biden for Mexico and China and money being demanded for these things. This is this is some of the most gross corruption of our administration that has actually been able to come out and be proven.
1: I think for me, the biggest corruption, the worst corruption is the journalistic corruption. So the reason we're talking about this story again, aside from the new emails about what he did in Libya, which are extremely incriminating, is because, as I said, from the beginning, there was evidence and proof that these emails were authentic. The problem was they came from right-wing outlets, and liberals have been trained to just ignore everything that comes from right-wing outlets. What we have now is a new book by a young, actually courageous reporter who deserves a lot of credit, Ben Schreckinger, who works at Politico as mainstream of an outlet as it gets, obviously no friend of the right wing. Right. And in his book, which is all about investigating the Biden, he spent months doing really deep dive reporting to try and find the proof about whether these emails, the key ones, not the like ancillary ones about Hunter Biden's personal life, which personally I don't care about, but the substantive ones about Joe Biden deals in China and his interference in Ukraine on behalf of Burisma, which is paying his son $50,000, the actual corruption of Joe Biden. He proved with months of reporting that these emails are accurate. And here's the thing. If he had proven the opposite, if he had, through these months of reporting, had gathered the proof that these emails were actually forged, he would be the biggest star in American media right now. He'd yep. be on Good Morning America and the Today Show and every single program. But because his reporting proved that the media lie and that these emails are authentic, he has not been on one of those shows, NPR, CNN, any of the networks. And in fact, Glenn, they won't even mention his book. They won't even acknowledge this proof that everything they told the American people for weeks is an absolute lie. This was Russian disinformation, and in fact, these emails were authentic all along. That is how grotesquely corrupt our media is.
0: Well, I, um, we'll call Ben. I'll give him a full hour to talk about his uh, about his book. Um, so what is the solution, Glenn, for... The media because the do you think the media is ever going to take this on and and treat this as a real story not their part of it but the but the actual corruption part
1: no i mean that's the other thing is you know ben chuckinger's book one part of it is confirming the authenticity of the emails most of it is about investigating the biden Biden family the way that every other first family has been investigated the clinton's the Obamas, the Trumps, you know, the, the Bushes. But we don't know very much about the Bidens. And so they've ignored this book, both parts of it. And I think, look, for me, I used to think that the corporate media could be reformed through criticism, through critique, through pressure no.
2: campaigns.
1: I'm way past that point. I believe they're irredeemably corrupt. They, are, they lie for as their model, on purpose, for ideological and business ends. And so I think the solution is, number one, to make people aware as clearly as possible that they should hate and despise the corporate media, that whatever contempt they have for it probably isn't enough. And then number two, to encourage and build independent platforms that aren't susceptible to censorship by big tech and that aren't subject to the pieties and orthodoxies of these institutions of authority that control what these other outlets have done, and in a lot of ways, they are their worst, own worst enemies. If you look at polling, the media is held in lower esteem than almost any other institution in our society, like right above, you know, like pedophiles, and they deserve that, and it's important that keeps happening so people more and more realize that it's irrational to trust what they say.
0: So can I ask you a question? You had to have thought of things like this and pondered them and maybe come up with a reason for it. Um, right now gasoline is up over a dollar and my whole life has been in the media and oh my gosh, if it's a Republican in office and gas is up, that's all we talk about. The media just covers it. Now, I understood that when the media had everybody by the nose ring and we're leading them around. However, we don't trust the media now. Um, but if the media doesn't talk about Afghanistan, we don't talk about Afghanistan. Why is that? And and how do we break that?
1: Yeah, you know, I do think these outlets are losing influence. If you look at, for example, the ratings of the two largest liberal outlets, CNN and MSNBC, mm-hmm. they were already in collapse before Trump arrived. They, all those hosts. We're about to get fired because nobody was watching their shows. Trump single-handedly saved that part of the media because it gave people a desire to watch and they, it it enabled them to scare everybody about Trump sufficiently to make people pay attention. And with Trump gone, they're back to disappearing. I mean, the ratings of CNN and MSNBC are humiliatingly little. I mean, they, they get, you know, on their best days, what like a mid-level YouTuber gets. Yeah. And so and then you look at you know, like Fox News and other outlets that challenge the liberal orthodoxies, including even like OAN and you know, newsmax that are growing, but what's really growing are independent platforms. People who are on Rumble, who are on Substack, who are on YouTube even, who can t- on Twitter, people who have these dissident voices are are able to shape discourse in ways that previously they never were able to do before. And that's the thing that I think needs to be built and and fortified.
0: So is the uh, is the social media, the corporate social media are they doomed for the same kind of fate? Yeah, I mean, you know
1: when I, I you know the first time you and I ever talked on was I think like a year or so after I began doing the the reporting from Edward Snowden about how the NSA was spying on everybody. yeah and my cause back then, was a free internet because I always viewed the internet as one of the most important human innovations to free us from the tyranny of centralized government and corporate control because Agreed. it would enable us to communicate with one another without their intervention. And what the and story was about and now what big tech censorship is about is this attempt to degrade that internet from this tool of liberation into a tool of coercion. And yeah, I do think the, the kind of you know Silicon Valley giants, the monopolies like Facebook and Google and Apple and Amazon are obviously being increasingly controlled in terms of the things you can and can't say on there. And that's why these alternatives like Rumble, like Substack, like people turning to Bitcoin and blockchain, which will decentralize control of how we communicate with one another mm-hmm. are becoming more and more popular because what's the point of having an internet if the same corporate and state forces dictate and censor and police what we can say, as always, we're in controllable beforehand.
0: And the I mean, the thing that always crosses my mind is there is an awful lot of money and power at stake. And uh, that's why I can't see the United States government, uh, you know, letting Bitcoin and letting uh, social media get out of their grasps.
1: Yeah, I mean, anytime you have a new technology, a new instrument, a new weapon, whatever you want to call it, and the internet can be described as all of those things, that can actually threaten prevailing status quo power and power centers, you're obviously going to have a war over who gets to control it. So if you look at the internet and what's been happening, for example, with privacy, while the NSA and its allies and China and Iran are always looking for ways to control the internet to prevent dissent from circulating, you have privacy activists and technology specialists building tools like encryption in order to stay one step ahead of them. It's kind of like an arms race. Now with Bitcoin and chain, which are being championed by you know some of the most influential people in the world, like Jack Dorsey and Elon Musk and others, it's going to be a war over that technology as well. You're going to have the state that's going to try and right. control it, and you're going to have people who are going to try and fortify it. Just one quick really interesting thing that I think from history that a lot of people have forgotten. After the bombing of the, of Oklahoma, of the courthouse in Oklahoma City in 1995, that ultimately was blamed on Timothy McVeigh, the Clinton administration, this is right when the Internet was starting, tried to seize on that threat and the fears generated by it. They were all on the cover of Time Magazine every weekend. It was like weekend militias and white militias and all of that. They tried to seize on that fear to introduce legislation that barred encryption or that at least required that the government always have a backdoor to encryption. And they lost. So this battle has been going on for you know, 20 years over who's going to get to control the Internet and how it's going to be how it's going to be functioning. And it's never going to end because that's what institutions of, of power do is they try and protect their power.
0: Uh, Glenn Greenwald, thank you so much for everything. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Appreciate it. Thanks for all the work you do.
1: Yeah, it was great to be with you. Thanks you for bet. having me. Uh,
0: look, what follow is uh, Substack. Uh, uh, just search for Glenn Greenwald. Um, our sponsor this half hour is Rectech. You could cook on a standard grill while you're at it. You could just ride to work uh, on a bicycle or an old Model T. Watch the Antiques Roadshow uh, because they'll give you some specials on some old motorcycles. They're great. Uh, Now, if you want to be in today's world, you want to grill, use a Rectech. It's the manliest thing you're ever going to throw a steak on, uh, for one. It's smart grill technology, which ensures that you're going to get the perfect cooking experience every single time. It monitors its own heat throughout, so it makes sure that it stays even, adjusting even when the weather starts to change. I cook my steaks in the great state of Texas the way God intended them, and on a Rectech. Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q. Follow them on social media. Sign up for their newsletter. Get all the great recipes that all of the uh, people who have Rectech share with all e- with each other. It's Rectech with a Q at the end. R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. Rectech com. Ten seconds. Station ID. So in some ways, uh, what he says is good that the media has embarrassing numbers and they do. Uh, It's just, it's a joke. Their numbers, Uh, they've earned them. Yeah, they have earned them. Uh, We have, we have more people on the blaze uh, than they have in prime time. Sometimes Uh, it's remarkable. It's really remarkable. But what is missing is the sense of collectiveness you know, we used to we we used to watch the same things and be able to move together as one and know what everybody was talking about. That those days are over. There are no solutions, only trade offs, and I do think that that's one of the trade offs. You know,
3: I, I we talk about this all the time, and that you've gone through the past ten years or so making news right like finding not not following what is already in the news and analyzing it though we of course have to do that as well but finding stories that people aren't talking about and turning them into stories that everybody's talking about and that it gets harder as more people are decentralized mm-hmm. that's okay i mean i i'd rather have the information be correct even if not as many people see it I want people to I want to make sure we're getting the right stuff out there and people can find it if they want. But that does
0: it does push back against that collective uh, so, yeah, the, the, the experience. Pr- the problem is, is the vilification uh, mm. by these giants that are dying. They just vilify anybody who says, no, the Hunter Biden story is real. Uh, and they taint so many that are not paying attention that it will take a while for that taint to come off. Just as it's taking a while for Americans to wake up and go, wait a minute, they're lying to me over and over and over again. Why should I believe them today? This is the Glenn Beck program. So we, we, we got a big box uh, yesterday and Tanya said, I said, what is it? Hoping that it would be something that could be used to finish our house, which is two weeks away. Oh, good. Um, but, uh, got a big box and, uh, and I was excited to open it and it was a big bag of dry kibble food. I think Tanya knew exactly what it was. She just wanted me to carry it inside and open it up, you know, instead of her doing it. And it's like, you know, hello, you know what I'm saying? No, Stu? no,
3: <laughs> I never do.
0: I was so excited <laughs> when I brought it in and I was like, okay, I wonder what it is. No, just just kibble food. And uh, Uno was about as excited about it as I was. Mm. Uh, And then uh, I took some of it out and I put rough greens on it, put it on his bowl and uh, he lapped it up. It is not a dog food, rough greens, and it doesn't come in a big heavy bag like the kibble food. It's a supplement. You just sprinkle it on top of the dog's food and they love it. And you will see a difference in your dog. Uh, try it now. Roughgreens.com back or call 833-GLEN-33. Roughgreens.com back. Why depend on the media
3: to cover Hunter Biden's laptop when you can have your very own Hunter Biden laptop case? HunterBidenLaptopCases.com.
0: This is the uh, Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. I want to, uh, I want to give you a phrase uh, that I just read. It's from uh, uh, Michael Hoff. He wrote, a, uh, he wrote a book long ago called uh, Those Who Remain. Uh, it's a series of books. And in it, he wrote, I think, one of the most profound phase, uh, phrases I've ever heard. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And weak men create hard times. Where are we in that? We are now at the weakest men I think our country has ever seen. Men have been emasculated men are are no longer men you're not allowed to be men and that's why we're having hard times because men will not stand up and be men and in those days their hearts will fail them our hearts have been failing us for a long time gentlemen a long time Do we stand for truth? Do we stand for justice? Do we do we treat women the way we should be treating women all the time? Do we stand up for those who can't defend themselves? That that really is what America, I think, was based on Uh, any of our military. It was to defend the defenseless. We are a nation of bullies now. And all this anti-bullying crap is just that. It's crap. It hasn't stopped bullies. It has given those people who claim to be trying to stop bullies the power to be a bully on everybody else. And the reason why they can be bullies is because we are weak men. The good news is. These times are going to create strong men. And I will tell you that we have a choice. We can either stand up now collectively and be strong men, or when all of us are so weak, we will cry out for a strong man. And that will be the end of the Republic. The reason why we are having, did you, I don't know if you saw this. We saw a record increase in murders in 2020. The murder, the homicide rate, there were 5,000 more homicides across the country than the year earlier. We, we had 21,500 murders last year. 30% rise. The previous record is in 1968. We had an increase in 1968 of 12.7%. This is a record jump of 30%. They're going to blame it on guns. But you know what it is? There's no deterrence anymore. There's no consequence anymore. Nobody has to pay for his sins. And that's the problem. We have allowed weak men to be our shepherds. I think you could trace this particular situation that we're in now. I think you could trace a lot of it to Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky because he was a man who didn't have to pay for his sins. And every man saw it. Every child saw it. It changed the way we talked about everything. It changed the way we thought about perjury. Oh, if you're just smart enough, having a good enough attorney, you can get away with anything. And ever since then, people keep getting away with it. There is no deterrence anymore and it is trickled down to the lowest levels there is no if you do something wrong and burn a building down you're not going to jail if you're on the right side and burn that building down for the politically correct reason even if that building happens to be a police precinct correct they will leave the building and watch you do it and then no ramification See, deterrence is really, really effective. The FAA says more than uh, 70% of the unruly passenger incidents on flights are related to masks. You know why? Because it's bullcrap and we all know it. We all know it. 70% of the unruly passenger incidents. So you know what the FAA is saying? These airlines have to crack down harder on the people who are flying. That's not going to help. That's only going to make things worse. Because you are no longer dealing with common sense anymore. But see, the crackdown on you is really important. Because deterrence works. And they know that. Do you hear about the guy who stole a beer from Nancy Pelosi's refrigerator? He walked into her office... Uh, during January 6th, he's been held since January 6th. <laughs> I'm stunned to hear there's alcohol in Nancy's office. Yeah, that's, I know. A sh-
3: that's a shocker. W-
0: wouldn't you need it? <laughs> uh, and he walked into the office, opened up the refrigerator, saw a beer, grabbed one uh, and drank it and left. Now, he's been in jail for drinking a beer out of somebody else's refrigerator that's what you would call a misdemeanor that's what he was charged for he was charged and convicted of a misdemeanor why is he spent all this time in jail because they are sending you a message deterrence works you mess with us and we will mess with your entire life It's what happens online. Yesterday, I told you about a new show on uh, Blaze TV. It asked a question. And that one question got them two strikes, three strikes. You're done. It's a brand new show. They asked the question that was a logical question about masks. No, you can't do that. We will shut you down. It's why they have worked so hard to uh, keep us from rescuing people. And believe me, no good deed goes unpunished. Because we have rescued the number of people that we have over in Afghanistan, because we have done the things that they didn't. And I wouldn't say couldn't that they wouldn't do. We did it. Because hard times create strong men. And they will make us pay a price. One way or another, we will pay a price for it. And so be it. But when that price comes to be paid, just know, don't listen to that deterrence. Don't listen to it. It's a lie. It's a lie. Whatever they do to punish anybody... Who is standing up for the right thing? Don't be deterred by it. Be encouraged by it. They are trying to send you a message because that's effective. And they don't want you to be effective. May I just tell you one story about what you did last night? Two nights ago, two nights ago, we rushed a, an Afghani woman to the plane. She was nine months pregnant. She was going to have her baby. And, uh, if she would have her baby, she and her baby would die. The hands of the Taliban. So we rushed her ahead and put her on one of the planes and, uh, She was taken to safety, and she had her baby on the tarmac of the free country. State Department yelled at us. How dare you? That's against the rules. You can't put a pregnant woman on a flight. Are you out of your mind? Let me give you another one. I don't want to give you any details of the people that are involved in this but these are people that really helped the united states in our in our fight over in afghanistan one of the there's two brothers one of them was really 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 sick and because of he had to be in a safe house cuz they are looking for him um he couldn't get to the he couldn't get to a doctor he couldn't get to anybody for medicine and he has to have this medicine or he's going to die um he He has to have infusions and everything else. It's a it's bad. Well, the antibiotics that he needs, he couldn't get. And there wasn't anything that was slowing anything down now. And he was he was going to die. He couldn't get medicines because everything around him was closed. He couldn't get medicines because he couldn't go to a doctor because he'd be exposed And the only place he could get the medicine that he needed was hours away. They didn't have any money and they couldn't get through the 15 Taliban checkpoints. Well, one of our unbelievable people with the Nazarene fund, Damaris, found out about this. And she found a doctor. I don't even know how she found a doctor, got him to the safe house. Uh, he said, I can't get the medicines for you because we're going into the Sabbath and uh, you're not going to be able to get anybody to open anything up. Well, uh, that doctor, after some uh, convincing by Damaris, she's relentless, we were able to send a courier and brought a month's worth of medicine down. He is... uh, doing better, but we had to get him to a doctor as well. So last night, we got him to a doctor in a safe country. His family had to remain behind, but they will come out soon. I want to tell you what his brother said. After the U.S. forces left my country, I felt we had been left behind after my three years of service with the U.S. Army, but I understood that good always finds its way. Me and my brother have made it out thanks to all of you, the amazing team members that we have, and the people who have donated. We have such luck to have an amazing team. We don't have the words to express our gratitude. I have a two year old daughter who has always been with me since she was born. I just spoke with her. She's been crying all day long. I know I'm going to see her soon. I left my family behind for my brother and God knows and I know God. He is watching me. He's watching our family and soon good will come for them. Be a strong man. Stand up because you are the answer to someone's prayer today and by being that man, Just today, in the small way, whatever way you find, you will change the world. Because there's enough of us that want to be strong men. You never quite know what to expect from a cyber attack other than, you know, it ain't going to be fun. Cyber criminals are doing everything they can to separate you from not only your money... Your possessions, but your credibility, your good name, your credit, everything. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting your life. Every day you put your information at risk on the internet. Lifelock will help you detect a wide range of identity threats. Not everybody, not everything, nobody can cover all of it but they're the best in the business and if they detect something they'll send you an alert and usually for me it's come in the form of a question did you just open this did you just buy uh something in tibet they're like nope that wasn't me then if it isn't you they have a restoration specialist on hand to help you clean all of that up Uh, They are really, really good, and they'll protect your identity better than I think anybody else. It's LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year with promo code Beck. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to lifelock.com. Promo code Beck. Save 25% now. The Glenn Beck Program. We cannot leave the air without a bit of good news. Um, (laughs) What? Everybody now associates uh, Cuomo uh, with, uh, you know, sexual harassment. But usually it's the brother who is the governor that is nailed with that. Uh, Not Chris Cuomo, the host of a CNN show. Mm. Uh, And he's just been uh, hit with a sexual harassment suit. Yeah. Well, not a suit, but
3: an accusation in the New York Times Mm. uh, by his former boss. Apparently in 2005, he came in and uh, grabbed her buttocks in the middle of
0: a party in front of uh, her husband was she falling she was not was her buttocks sagging and about to fall off and she said oh my butt's about to fall off and he caught it before the floor caught it before the floor that's how he's going to tell
3: the story on yeah. cnn yes i'm uh... Uh, but no he came in and he because i guess she had just moved to another show he came in and grabbed her butt and said hey you're not on my show anymore i can do this now um and oh. she said no you can't uh, and is now uh, But by the way has the email from later in the night when he emailed her to apologize for doing it so it's not like it's a question whether it happened or not type of situation Uh, She actually has the
0: evidence. Here is my, I'm going to predict, here's what's going to happen. Nothing. 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 That's the Cuomo way. Yeah, it is. I will say,
3: you know, especially at CNN, even the the Democrats of New York State have higher standards than CNN for this type of thing.
0: They'll let Chris Cuomo get away with anything. Anything. It doesn't matter. I wish you a fond farewell, CNN. This is the Glenn Beck Program.